0: You are now about to experience the Revive Effect. I'm your host, Matt Celestio, and if you want to learn to master your mind, get the body you want, and create the life you've always wanted to live, you are in the right place. At Revive, my mission is to create a better way of living for our generation by challenging the current ways we live every day. And in each episode, I bring you a radically different approach to fat loss a fresh perspective on life, and a new way of living to help you get to where you truly want to be in life. So kick back and let's jump into it. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Hey, welcome back to The Revive Effect podcast. I'm so grateful for all of you tuning back in. Matt Celestio here. We got another heater of an episode lined up for you as always and today the topic is really, really amazing. And I think it comes at a really great time that a lot of us need to hear because lately I've been speaking with a lot of women around what their biggest struggles around health and fitness are, health and wellness are. And a lot of them repeatedly, a lot of patterns have come back up. And some of the some of the actual terms and phrases that I've heard from real women were talking about, you know, I'm hating myself physically. I feel fat all the time, regardless of how I look in the mirror. I have a horrible relationship with food. My confidence is wishy-washy. I don't have a balance in my life. And social media is something that really puts this fuel on the fire for us. Um, again, struggling with this body image complex, we're, we're struggling with overeating and finding this imbalance because you know, we're always bombarded with the exceptionalism of social media, that 1% slice of somebody's life that is just amazing. And that comparison, that that comparison that we have each day with this makes us feel incredibly worse. So that's why today with this podcast, I really want to break free from this social media culture, break free from this quick fix culture and this exceptionalism and break away from the fact that because everybody on social media is doing something, everybody on social media feels a certain way, looks a certain way, that we become so one dimensional in our approach to health and one dimensional in our approach to life. We're always thinking, okay, this this influencer is saying it's easy to be on a calorie deficit diet. That's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to focus on and worry about nothing else. And sometimes we're looking at other social media influencers. Oh, she's building her glutes every day. Let me just work on my glutes. But when we do this, we're neglecting the other aspects of health. When That's one thing we really do here at Revive is understand that health is holistic. We're not talking about the negative inner self-talk that can truly help us stay consistent and motivated and Let us stay inspired around the journey. It's so easy to feel beat up. It's so easy to feel like you're not enough or good enough as everybody else doing stuff. And just focusing on one thing at a time can really help you or really expedite the fact that you want to quit, really expedite the fact that you, you know what, maybe health isn't for you, quote unquote health. Um, So on top of this, on top of this one dimensional approach, we're very, we're very much overcomplicating this aspect of health we're talking about all these different things Uh, if we're not doing one-dimensional approach we're very specific in that one-dimensional approach so i'll give you an example let's say you're somebody who wants to get in the gym you go i'm just going to focus strictly on the gym now you're talking about you know what's the optimal rate to progress how many days a week do i need to be working out how long do i need to be working out what exercises build the glutes the fastest and we get so we're complicating fitness so much to a point where it's not even enjoyable. We can't build it into our life. It almost feels like a chore. So after speaking with women about what we just spoke about, and again, talking about this one dimensional approach to fitness and how we're over complicating it and how it feels almost impossible to just get the results you want. Uh, we're actually launching our live better program, our online video based live better program and Essentially, we're stripping away the complexities of health. We're stripping away the work that is required of health. And we listened to the women and we asked them what they wanted. And they said, I want simple, sustainable changes that I can build into my life that make me feel productive, that make me feel healthy, and that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. So ladies, we have heard you and the Live Better program is launching next week. And again, you can find this link in the show notes below where we're going to walk you through six areas of your health with simple, sustainable changes that make you feel better and help you get back to feeling like you again, more energized, more confident, lighter and healthier. So the six areas we take it across are the mind. We talk about negative self-talk and uh, all those things around that area. We talk about environment, dealing with toxic environments and setting up an environment to win. We do weight loss and digestion through nutrition. We do movement, not just in the gym, but just getting your body moving again. We're going to deal with stress and anxiety. This is a huge component for women, I know for sure. And we're also going to be diving into sleep and how to start sleeping better so you feel refreshed. So if you're listening right now, head over to our website if you're interested in purchasing this program. It's retailing right now for $67. We want to make sure it was affordable for you. And it's a six-week program entirely online, and you can do this on your own. You can do it in six weeks, or you can self-pace it at a pace that feels comfortable for you. So hit that link over at www.rviveofficial.ca slash livebetter. So reviveofficial.ca forward slash livebetter. Check that out. Uh, I'll link it in the show notes again, wherever you're listening to it too, and then dive into the program uh, starting as, as soon as next week. So just like our intention today of this episode is to love your body again, enjoy food again, and find more balance, Live Better is designed for the same. And I'm so, aw- I'm so honored to launch this program at a time where we have our guest, Lauren Huber on the show today, because we're actually going to discuss with her, who would bring such incredible insight into our conversation about how to love your body, enjoy food again and find more balance. So we need to know about Lauren is she is a kinesiology student and an entrepreneur based out of Alberta. Her mission is to help people become more aware of how they're treating their bodies and encouraging them to make their health and wellness a priority. I've had such incredible insights and conversations with Lauren before this episode. And we go back like, I think almost, I think it's almost two years that I've known Lauren for um, online our relationship and she's fantastic. I love her message. I love her mission. And I think a lot of women and even some men today will resonate with the message that she really brings forth um, in our episodes. So what you can expect from Lauren and I today in our episode is number one, dealing with body images, complexes and insecurities and how to call the confidence back in yourself, which is, which is a huge thing we really need right now for men and women, I believe. And then later, we're going to dive into healing your relationship with food, overeating, and what it's like to have a balance with food. And lastly, we're going to wrap up this podcast with the third section of why you need to focus on holistic health and how to find more balance within your life. As always, great insight coming up, great info coming up. Lauren Huber on the podcast. Let's go. Our ladies and gentlemen, we have Lauren Huber in the house. Lauren, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: How are you feeling today? A
1: little nervous, but feeling good. Feeling good.
0: How nice. are you? <laughs> uh, you know what? I'm feeling real good. Uh, I always like getting in the studio, talking with some people who have a great message. And again, I followed you for quite some time. We go way back. So I'm really excited to have you share your insights with my audience, as well as me today. It's a beautiful Saturday, and I'm excited to dive in.
1: Thanks.
0: So um, what I really want to touch on right from the beginning is something I feel that our generation really struggles with, again, the prevalence of social media, um, movies, all the other magazines out there uh, is body complexes, you know, we have insecurities, and we're really lacking this confidence, um, both men and women, uh, but I do find it's a lot more prevalent in the women, would you would you agree with me on that?
1: Yeah, um, this is something that we talk about a ton, even when I'm in school. Like, I think a lot of people always think about, you know, women are always comparing themselves, women, 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 like they always struggle with body image, eating disorders, things like that. But people kind of neglect to mention that it is very common with both genders. And yeah, definitely think that women more so, but it's becoming more prevalent for men to speak up about those issues as well. so I think at some point it will be more 50-50, but for now, I think most women struggle with it, um, and are willing to admit it more so than men at this point.
0: Yeah. That's the other thing. Women admit it, men just taught to, you just tuck that away, man. Don't worry about it. Never talk about it. And again, yeah. I've experienced it firsthand too. I'm a guy. We like to just keep it in the corner and not worry about it. Um, yeah. But what I really want to ask you starting out today is where do you believe the source of our body images, complexes, and insecurities? Where do they come from? Where's the root cause of this?
1: I think comparison really is like the thief of joy. I can't remember where I heard that, but it's so true. Um, I think we just get so caught up in like, whether it's school, work, like, we're very social, and even social media as well. Like you were saying, like, there's people everywhere and everybody looks different and you always want what you can't have right so you're always comparing yourself to somebody else um and there's so many especially now on social media there's so many like influencers um so i think like a lot of people look up to those bodies um and then it's really easy to beat yourself up when you don't look like that but you got to think your diet's different your exercise is different your genetics are different your sleep is different like you don't have the same lifestyle factors as that person and everyone is built different so it's so it's so easy to beat yourself up when you don't look like how somebody else that you're looking up to looks like if that makes sense. No,
0: of course. Yeah, so essentially you're you think the biggest problem is that comparison factor wherever it's media whether it's social media whether it's TV movies it's the comparison. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I do agree with you. Again, we all say, ah, oh, we don't care. You know, I, I'm I'm much better than that. I'm much more aware. But even like you yesterday, again, you reached out to me. You said, I'm having bad body image day. Sometimes even us who are very aware of this, like we get sucked into it, right? Yeah. Um, One thing that I want to actually touch on here, uh, just adding to your point is the comparison is the fact that when we grow up, we really do inherit a lot of scripts and beliefs and thoughts from other people, whether it be our parents, whether it be teachers, whether it be our friends that maybe we were at a young age where we weren't able to bring awareness around what was being told to us, what was being taught to us. So I'll give you an example. If you were always around friends who always told you, Hey, you're, you're fat, like you're fat growing up. If you never had the awareness, or I guess the kind of emotional awareness around taking in those thoughts and saying, you know what, that's not me. These are literally people just telling me words we we believe them. We grow up believing them. We grow up repeating them and repeating them and repeating them to the point where it's true, and then we wake up one day going, "Why am I so insecure? Why am I so you know? Why do I have this body image complex?" And we neglect the fact that we've been told this our whole lives, so and we've inherited these belief systems that we carry with us. Again, like we probably carry it with them now uh, yeah. at our at our ripe old age, right? At <laughs> Ripe old age. <laughs> <laughs> so again, no, it's just I- yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, you finish. You finish.
0: no I would say like yeah it really is just bringing awareness around those thoughts because once you understand that you don't identify with those thoughts or those beliefs or those that upbringing that you maybe not have had or awareness around can really help you navigate it in a more healthier way I would say
1: yeah all I was gonna say was just like to kind of piggyback off of that idea is like once you kind of get old enough to realize like oh people said that to me and like I believed it um I think it like can kind of transition into negative self-talk like the more you sit around and think like oh i'm i'm fat or oh i'm i'm dumb like stuff like that you start to believe it so i think that at the age the ripe old age (laughs) when you kind of realize what people were saying to you and kind of how you brush it off at the time now you're like actually sitting with it i think that's where like positive self-talk can be really important introduced because like yeah, like I said, you talk bad about yourself, you're going to start believing it. So it's nice to be able to turn that around once you're older.
0: Yes, I totally agree with you. And I'm so happy you brought up the negative self-talk because it transitions beautifully (laughs) into my next question for you. (laughs) Um, So let's talk about our inner dialogues, right? How important do you feel this area of health is in terms of staying consistent, driven, inspired, motivated to somebody trying to create the body and life that they're working towards?
1: uh extremely um even if you just take the gym for example um and thinking you know you're having a bad body image day oh I don't feel like going to the gym I just want to stay at home like that's okay sometimes but I know even myself like that can really spiral and then I can be really undisciplined when I start to spiral like that and then I'll take a week off without noticing it and I'm like oh crap and then it just spirals more. And you start to beat yourself up more and more and more. And it's like, wait a second. I'm still alive. I'm still healthy. I'm still going about my life. Nothing's broken. I'm still the same amount of strong that I was before. Like, you know, it just, it's so easy to kind of get lost in that. And then I know like myself, I'm definitely my own worst enemy and I'm I'm not perfect all the time when it comes to positive self-talk. It's very easy to, like I said, spiral and kind of get in that, um, I don't know what the word, like I guess in like a bad mindset about like beating myself up for that. So I think obviously hiccups are okay, but it only you can hold yourself accountable really. Um, so if, I think journaling is really helpful for that. Just kind of getting all of your thoughts out. Um, and holding yourself accountable that way um, unless maybe you, you don't spiral and beat yourself up but I think a lot of people um, will admit that they do beat themselves up quite a bit and it's pretty easy to do so
0: yeah I agree and when, again when you're spiraling going right back to what we started with the podcast right the comparison is the thief of joy when you're down in that low spiral the comparison becomes so much more uh, consistent in your life it becomes so much more loud in your inner head because yeah. you go okay now I've been off for a week now I'm definitely nowhere near where these people are looking for um and I you said you think journaling is a very helpful practice for that so can you just touch on what you mean by that especially when somebody's going in a downward spiral because this isn't this isn't an uncommon thing in the industry as well
1: yeah um I don't really have any script to my journaling. Um, I know that there's a lot of people uh, that will do affirmations, they'll do I am statements, they'll just do kind of daily blog type entries. Um, I think any piece of advice that I could give is like, just putting anything pen to paper can be helpful. It's like a little mini therapy session with yourself. Um, But yeah, I just think it's really helpful and then you can reflect on it, throw it out after if you need to. but you're always going to know what you're going through at the end of the day. You're always going to be there for you at the end of the day. And, um, even like, I feel like we vibe really well and we understand each other really well, but maybe that's 95% of the time, right? Like you're, you're always going to be with yourself. You're always going to understand what you're going through. And if you don't have someone to talk to, I think even if it's just immediately, you don't have somebody to talk to. Um, I think that, writing it down can be really beneficial to it at least start to get over the hump. Um, I know I always feel better after doing that. So I don't know if that answers your question. But. No,
0: for sure. So when you write this down onto the journal, what's the main intention? What's the goal? Uh, if somebody is going to put pen to paper, what are they writing?
1: I think saying let it go is a bit too generic. Um, but just kind of really like sitting with it and being like, okay, well, why do I feel this way? okay, well, this isn't life and death, like, like, it'll pass kind of thing. Um, And then just kind of reflecting on how to move forward, how to, I mean, for me, a lot of the stuff that I deal with is like comparison issues. So it's like me kind of talking to myself, like, Lauren, get over it. Um, (laughs) If that makes sense, like a temporary kind of like, let it go. Um, There's more things that are important out there.
0: Yeah. So again, it's just, again, cultivating that awareness and not being ignorant of what you're feeling or thinking, right? Because that's when it starts to build up, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. They always say um, emotional baggage, imagine it like literal baggage. So every time you have a negative thought or somebody tells you something negative, you you pick up a bag, you throw it on your shoulder. And every time you let a thought go or say, yo, I don't identify with this thought, or this isn't, this doesn't serve the person I want to be, you let a bag go. So it's all about that balance between if I'm continually just taking those thoughts, taking those beliefs and piling on the bags, eventually it's all going to crumble down. It's too heavy to carry, right? Mm -hmm. So again, the journaling practice is again, powerful for dropping a bag here, dropping a bag there and slowly, but surely you start to feel a weight off your shoulders, which it can literally feel like a weight off your shoulders, right? After a good journal session, maybe a little cry session too, (laughs) right? So I think that's a really powerful practice. Again, that's something I do as well. But again, it becomes about making the time to do that. It's easy to say. It's another thing to do, right?
1: Yeah. There's definitely times when I first started journaling, I would wake up and I would do it, you know, either kind of first thing in the day or like last thing in the day. Um, and I would do it and I'd be like, oh, I feel so great. And I would do it for like two weeks. And then, I don't know, I'd have to rush out the door. So I'd miss it. And then I'd be like, oh, why do I feel like shit today? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely legit. So.
0: Yeah. And that, you know, I like, I like that you said, uh, why do I feel like, you know, absolute uh, garbage today? Um, because a lot of the times when we have simple, literal practices like this, like foundational, almost when people hear that word, they always just think, ah, it's just whatever it's foundational. It's just easy as simple, but foundational means essential. These are the basics you need to do to maintain a good vibration, a good energy, a more positive mind. So the second that you're not doing essential things, that's when you really start to crash. Water, drinking water like you just did. That's foundational. Foundational. We can't skip that every day because we know eventually, you know, we're going to die of dehydration. Obviously, that's a crazy extent, but if you're going to put a journaling practice, that's foundational into practice, stick with it. Understand this is essential to your mental well-being and it can again, like you said, keep you feeling great throughout the day, it's day by day.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. So what is one habit that you believe men and women listening right now should either stop or minimize to start loving their body again and calling the confidence back into their body?
1: I think just sticking with the theme, um, of like comparison, like it's, it's impossible to stop bad habits overnight. Um, but just to kind of notice when you're doing it, be a little bit more self-aware when you're doing it, noticing how you feel. Um, When you do compare yourself, because I think anyone who says that they they've never, ever, ever compared themselves to anybody else is lying. (laughs) Um, I think in this day and age, there's a lot of people that have gone through that. So just being like having the self awareness enough to know when you're doing it, know how you feel. Is it a positive experience? Probably not. Um, And just trying to kind of minimize that. Obviously, I'm not perfect, still do it a lot, but I'm able to notice when I'm doing it and how it's making me feel. And I mean, it's not a win-win situation. So um, it's definitely easier to not, but it does take a while to be able to not compare yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. So again, it's, it's that comparison factor you, you bring up again, that reoccurring pattern, right? Stop, yeah. do your best at least to stop comparing, right?
1: That's the biggest one for me. Um, other people might be different, but yeah, for me, that's, that's the biggest. And even just friends that I talk with, uh, and people that are in my business as well, they always say, you know, comparisonitis is a thing.
0: <laughs> I like that. I like that word.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, uh, so I actually do want to touch on that too. Again, the comparison thing, cause like, that's just such a big problem as well. When we're often comparing ourselves, you might find this personally too. We're comparing ourselves to things not in our control you know, oh, he's, he's taller than me. Oh, she's, um, she's prettier than me. Simple physical attributes like that, which can, again, leave you feeling helpless and powerless because you don't have control over some of these things. Yeah. So if you are going to compare, or if you are going to have a role model, find people that you can look up to and compare um, characteristics or attributes that you can embody. So instead of following an influencer, cause, oh, she's so, she's got such great glutes say, you know what? I think she has such great mental resilience and she's very healthy in the way that she speaks to herself and she's very vulnerable in that sense i can do that i can embody that attribute or if mm-hmm. somebody is very disciplined and dedicated to what they set out to do whether she said i'm going to go on a 30-day journey this influencer and she sticks with it that 30 days you say that is a trait that i want to embody and you have power over that you have control over that because that's your actions and your behaviors with the person you want to become you know what i mean
1: yeah, 100%. Even you just saying that, like I could think about a whole bunch of accounts that I followed on my Instagram, just for that reason alone. Um, initially, I had, you know, my main Instagram and then I was like, Ugh, I hate just scrolling on my phone and seeing like memes, or like things that don't mean anything. Um, so I initially made my other Instagram to kind of tailor it to, you know, health, fitness, self development, people kind of on like the same journey as me. And to motivate me as well. Um, And there's so many people that I follow. A lot of them um, are in the same business as me, Um, but I follow them and it's not because, you know, they have the perfect body or, you know, the perfect hair or they're beautiful or whatever. Obviously they're all beautiful, but you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But it's like, holy crap, she just did that, you know? Or he just did that. So it's, it's really motivating to see. And like, they're people too. They also started with, you know, zero followers, nothing. Um, They didn't know what they were doing. They would have been lost too. Um, So it's just really interesting. And they're literally just people. Like, you can talk to them, get so much advice, so many tips. Like, even you, when I, like, messaged you yesterday and I was like, oh, like, I'm having such a bad day. Like, I just don't feel that confident. Like, you sent me back those voice notes and it was the perfect thing. Like, so many people are so hesitant to reach out, I think. Um, to those people in their life, but I could definitely, I don't even remember what the question was. Just, <laughs> no, it's so good when you go
0: on a tangent. It's good. But, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of, uh, of people that I followed and kind of tailored my Instagram to more of like a self-development motivation. Um, space and like I, mean, I can look up to those people in those accounts and they're some of them are my friends now so it's
0: there cool. you go yeah so it's again it's not the physical attributes it's the um the characteristics that they embody which can it's a simple shift but again a powerful shift at the same time right so as someone you're very active on social media you've been on social media for a while again sharing your journey recipes and sites which is fantastic um so i want to ask you because especially in the health and wellness space Again, the comparison thing is huge. How do you maintain self-love for your body and a positive inner dialogue personally?
1: Uh, That's a big question. Big question. Um, Definitely, I'm not perfect every day. Um, I think without the people that I've met along the journey, I definitely would not be as strong as I am um, or as motivated and disciplined as I am. Um, obviously there's always room for improvement Um, but in saying that like with my business partners I'm in five plus group chats and we're always talking and always sharing podcasts and quotes and we meet on zoom multiple times a week um, and you just you set that time aside and they're just people and they're they're girls that have your back Some guys too. There are some guys in the Arbonne business, (laughs) Um, but I think they help a lot. And it's really nice to know that there's people that are going through similar things, um, especially people that have been doing it longer than you because every doubt you have, they've already had everything that you're comparing yourself to, they've probably done. Um, So it's really nice to have those group chats, have those people uh, to be in contact with, but as far as like an immediate way to shift it, um, I think just taking like a mental health day and really sitting with your feelings and sitting with yourself um, and doing whatever that is for you. If it's a nature walk, if it's, you know, listening to your favorite podcast or your favorite music, reading a book, stuff like that, I think it's, it's becoming more and more prominent to kind of take those mental health days for yourself. So I think that, that, um, I think that can help a lot if you're ever feeling like kind of stuck.
0: Yes, I agree. Uh, one big thing that I'm, I'm taking away from what you just said was this, um, this immersion in community. People who yeah. are like you, people who can support you. I, I So often, like we just finished our Live Better program um, where we're taking women through six areas of their health, six areas of their life to really help them start their journey. And one of the biggest ones was environment. That's a big area of life that's so often overlooked. And especially if you're in a toxic environment or you're in, in an environment that makes you feel worse about yourself, the people you surround yourself with, that's who you're obviously going to become, right? Yeah. You're hanging around millionaires to be a millionaire. You're hanging around people who are carnivores. You're going to be a carnivore. So like you getting into a community that's built around self-development, self-help, you know, being, being more productive, uh, entrepreneurial. It's a matter of time before you embody those qualities. And it's a matter of time before they actually support you with what you, you need, what you truly need. Right.
1: I was actually just listening to one of your podcast episodes. Um, or it wasn't just, it was a while ago, but just you saying that kind of brings it up again. Um, you're like, it's I uh, I can't remember what you said. It was something about, um, you know, you're not you shouldn't really cut every single person out of your life, but if they're not serving a purpose or they're making, you know, it a toxic environment for you or the relationship is a little bit toxic and you're not really getting anything from it, just snip. snip, um, And yeah, that kind of unlocked memory. I forgot I had when you said that. So.
0: I'm glad you took it away. I'm glad you gave another episode a listen. Um, <laughs> yeah. But now you bring it up. I actually want to talk about that a little more. I, I, everybody's so nervous, but I can't cut people out of my life. I can't just do that. And for those people listening right now, where you have a toxic friend or a toxic friend group where you can't leave, or they, st- they still do bring you a little bit of enjoyment. You have fun around them, but sometimes they are a little negative. And this is what I preach in the program as well, that we just came out. A solution for that would be if you're making changes for your health that don't align or doesn't align with your friend group, think to yourself, do you really need them to make those changes? So as an example, like if I have a friend group that likes to party at late every Friday, Saturday night, but I want to wake up early and I want to get to the gym and enjoy a nice, healthy, productive Saturday, a nice weekend. Think, do you need your friends to go to bed early? The answer, probably not. Do you need your friends to go to the gym in the morning? Probably not. You're going to go in the morning by yourself. So essentially just removing yourself from that environment and setting a little healthier boundary around that specificity will really help you not get pulled into their negativity, not get pulled into their negative words that they're going to throw at you, right? I like to go to bed early. I'm going to say, you know what? I show up for the night. I'm going to leave early when it's good for me. And I'm going to make decisions for my health and carry it out the next day without your negativity. You know what I'm
1: saying? 100% and that's something that I struggled to do for a long time. I was a yes man like I I had to say yes Uh, I had a really hard time saying no and then who has the crappy weekend that's all in shambles because you're not necessarily hung over but sometimes um but like you didn't get your eight hours and now you got homework and work and stuff to do at home and it's just like if I would have said no if I would have just you know shown up for made an appearance like you said and then gone home and done your stuff and went to the gym early like you would have you would have had a much better weekend for yourself. You wouldn't have felt so, I don't know, like the weekend was a write-off. Um, but I think a lot of people would say that they're also like yes mans as well. Um, because I had a really hard time saying no for a while. But now I'm like, you know what? I don't care if you think I'm an old lady for going to bed at 9 p.m. I'm gonna do what I want.
0: <laughs> I like that. <laughs> So just, okay, we'll wrap up this section, but I want to touch on that last thing you said. How did you make that shift in perspective to stop feeling guilty saying no, I'm um, feeling bad about saying no?
1: Um, I don't want to say I think COVID helped because COVID didn't really help anything. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a lot easier for me to say no because there was more factors at play um, for not really wanting or feeling like that urge to kind of go out um and I think also like joining my business and being in school helps too because you're like well if I do that then I'm gonna have a really bad day tomorrow and then I'm gonna be behind and then I'm gonna be stressed and then I'm gonna spiral and it's not gonna be fun um so if you kind of just think about like this action and then followed by the step by step is it really worth it um because now I'm in like my senior year of my studies so getting serious (laughs) so if, if I start to fall behind you know um I did it to myself so in that kind of way I think school and uh yeah I take school really seriously and then um again just being around those people in the community with my business like it's very centered around self-help and help and self-development and all the things like I know the one thing they all rave about is this book called the 5am club I personally haven't read it yet I would like to um but they're just in the group chat they're going off about how productive they are how great they feel um so it's it's really motivating to kind of try to get on that train as well uh, instead of you know staying out till 2 a.m and feeling like crap waking up at noon and like your half of your day is a waste you know like you do that and it's like you wake up and then so soon you're going back to bed again and it's like well there goes my day and then you feel guilty so it's just uh I guess I realized that it wasn't worth it to always say yes, but obviously go out when you want. I always say, you know, my motto is like 80, 20, 20% of the time you, you go out, you party, you eat the bad things, you skip leg day, you have a drink, you whatever. Um, and then 80% of the time you're, you're on track. So I think that, um, establishing that helped a lot.
0: God, I like that. Yeah. And we're going to touch on your 80-20 in the next section. All right. All right. So now I want to really dive into with you, Lauren, healing relationships with food, overeating and having a balance with food. Um, I know a lot of women that I personally speak with and work with, they talk about this. So I think it's a great topic to dive into. So to start out, have you ever personally struggled with overeating or had a poor relationship with food?
1: 100% yeah. Um, it's very easy. I think a lot, of, um, a lot of the times if I do overeat, it's like stress related. Uh, I think it's so bad that like especially going into university, people will talk about the freshman 15. Um, I wish it wasn't such a regular thing, but it really is. Um, you get stressed, you eat. And maybe some people are the opposite, but I don't know. It's so like, it's so common for people. I really wish that the freshman 15 like wasn't a term that people would talk about. Because I think it just, it kind of romanticizes like an eating disorder, essentially. Um, and overeating and having like a bad relationship with food. And obviously, unless some people like to gain weight. I I don't want to make an assumption and say that no one likes gaining weight. Um, I don't want to do that, but I think that a lot of the times, even with myself, if I add on another 20 pounds, starting to feel it everywhere. I'm like starting to feel guilty. And then I got to spiral it back, stop the comparison and realize, you know, my body's doing all these amazing things. Um, but I think like growing up even like I would bloat constantly. It was not uncommon for me to like unbutton my pants and have it like open and just be chilling. Um, And yeah, I definitely grew up with like a lot of insensitivities, didn't know what they were. Now I'm kind of starting to figure that out, starting to feel a little bit better, can keep my pants on now. Um, (laughs) And uh, yeah, it's definitely starting to turn around, but I definitely have struggled with overeating, especially related to like stress in school. Um, and just tummy issues as a
0: kid. Well, I appreciate your honesty and vulnerability. That uh, <laughs> it certainly is a little uncomfortable to talk about, especially a lot of women. So thank you for that, Lauren.
1: Oh, uh, it's it's nothing with me. It's fine. <laughs>
0: That's a daily. It's on the daily. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So what are some simple changes that women listening right now can put into action today? So they start calling pack or calling back power over their cravings, over their eating habits, maybe over their bloating as well. What, what would you tell these women?
1: Um, I think a lot, um, a lot of the times, like water can help so, so, so much. Like anytime, let's say you had a big Thanksgiving dinner or something along those lines, and you feel just so big and bloated and uncomfortable. If you pound back, you know, two, three glasses of water, it feels so much better. Like I think water intake can help so much with that. Um, and just help with digestion as well. So, um, like I always like to start my day with a glass of water, it's first thing in the system. You're so dehydrated after you sleep because you haven't drank anything for seven, eight, nine hours. Um, so yeah, I think water is a very easy shift to make, um, or to introduce just to try to drink more water, maybe add in a probiotic, Um, if you're someone who struggles with like a lot of bloating, try to get those gut buddies back in order. (laughs) I like that you call them gut buddies. It's so funny. Um, (laughs) but yeah, just try and, and notice foods that you eat that you feel like crap after, you know, do you really feel good after you eat an entire bag of chips? Probably not. (laughs) Um, so I like to just limit myself to feeling, I guess, full if that's a word because it's it's not really full but it's like emotionally full like okay I had it I don't need to indulge um like it kind of comes back to that 80 20 that we were talking about before um like 20% of the time you know what it's fine it's fine but 80% of the time just staying on track um I guess to answer your question yeah water would be like the main And then if they're really struggling, like adding in a probiotic and just seeing and recognizing what things make them feel like crap. Um, And maybe even keeping a journal of it. You know, I ate this and I noticed that I felt so full and heavy and bloated. Um, Maybe you didn't poop for three days after you ate that or something like that, you know? Like just noticing those things um, and slowly eliminating them, I guess. You'll feel better afterwards.
0: Yes. I love the simplicity of every action step that you just told us, because you can put that into action right right now. Um, One thing I do want to touch on, especially with overeating, if you're a woman who struggles with overeating so often, everybody's always talking, even with weight loss, add more protein to your diet, make sure you eat more protein. Protein makes you more full, which it does. But what I, what is really neglected is fiber. If you were to ever eat one cup of beans, do you understand how full you would be? There's no way you could overeat if you ate a cup of beans. Fiber is one of the most satiating components of nutrition that is so often overlooked. And the best thing about fiber when you're eating it, and we're all worried about these calories, the calories in fiber don't count towards the calories that you actually eat. So if you eat 100 calories of beans or whatever, let's say there was a lot of fiber in it, which there is, your body would actually only absorb ballpark, you know, maybe 60 to 70% of that. So you're eating calories, but not absorbing calories. So it's almost like you're able to bypass that overeating and feel guilty about it. And when you're eating fiber, I guess that's going to work wonders for your waistline. It's going to work wonders for your health because that's what nourishes the gut buddies that we always talk about. So yeah. if you're struggling with overeating, try adding in more fiber rich foods are mostly found in plants. Actually, they're all found in plants. But again, such a simple change to add to exactly what you said as well.
1: Yeah, I don't know many people that would want to eat more than a cup of beans. <laughs> 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 they might be in trouble, but um, yeah, I, I noticed that too, like, when I started making the shift to becoming more of a, like, completely plant-based diet, because I was vegetarian for a while, um, and now I'm, like, 95% vegan, I would say. Uh, in the near future, I want to be, like, completely vegan, Um but I noticed that when I first made the shift I was like whoa like my gut feels so much better um I was definitely like a family like you said before on the podcast you you, what did you say something about carnivores you're surrounded by carnivores are going to be a carnivore um and that was me growing up and now I'm like oh my god like maybe that was why like my stomach was so messed up like literally every meal I ate like I said I would have to unbutton my pants like I just I was so uncomfortable um and I, I don't get that way anymore, um, at least not as often. And it's, if I do, it's because I did it to myself and I ate something that I shouldn't have, you know? Okay. Too much gluten, too much sugar, um, but I'm not perfect. I talk about it like I'm perfect, but-
0: I'm <laughs> I guess, Being gentle so. with yourself through the process for sure. <laughs> So, okay, let's touch on having a balance with food. And you spoke about your 80-20 rule in the beginning of this podcast. We've spoken about it when we've actually just called. So can you touch on this in terms of healing people's relationship with food and even your personal relationship with food?
1: Yeah, um, I think a lot of people can get caught up in diet culture very easily. Um, And it's very restrictive. And you can, again, beat yourself up when you miss something small. Or you indulge just a little bit because you're on a diet and you're not allowed. Um, Maybe there's some diets that are helpful out there, but I think a lot of the time it's temporary because by the time you're finished the diet, you were restricting yourself from all these things and you're slowly introducing them back in and all the weight comes back or the gut issues start to come back. Um, So I think diet culture is slowly starting to fall apart, I hope. And I think that it can be really damaging for like mental health as well to be like, Oh, I can't have that. Or, you know, I don't know. I I've never really been on a diet myself, but I think that, you know, bringing my 80, 20 rule into that, it's like 80% of the time I'm taking care of my body. I'm nourishing my body. I'm doing all the things I'm going to the gym. I'm getting up early, getting the eight, nine hours, like doing all the things. And then 20% of the time it's, Okay, to give a little. As long as you hold yourself accountable and not make it 80 20 the other way, um, I think that it's a good start I and mean, it's less restrictive um, and you don't beat yourself up as much, which I think is really important. Um, again, like I said, it's really important mental health wise, but if your mental health is like down the toilet, your physical health is not going to be there. Um, so I definitely think that they, they go hand in hand with that too.
0: Right. beautiful. It's all about that right imbalance, right? <laughs> I, now I want to transition into, again, with that 80-20 rule. When, you, when we spoke, you said you were on a health journey, but you were very one-dimensional in your approach at the beginning. So I, I believe you were talking about um, very focused on going to the gym, right? Is, is that correct? Yeah. So can you just touch on what you meant by, I was very one-dimensional in my approach to health and why that maybe that wouldn't be the best route to go down if you were to start it right from the beginning, a different time.
1: Yeah, I've always been like very athletic. Um, So throughout like the entire time I was in, you know, junior high, high school, I was always on a sports team. Um, And I think by the time I graduated, And I wasn't playing sports and my metabolism slowed down because I wasn't playing sports every single day. I was like, Oh my gosh, like I really need to make this adjustment and, um, try to eat better and do all of the things that's now. But before when I was very centered around, you know, always playing sports, um, going to the gym, working out, whether it just be like local classes or online classes, like I was a very, very active person. Um, And I was neglecting everything else. I was a band nerd in high school, um, and I was like a total nerd as well. Like, I was studying so much. Um, I would go to bed at like midnight and I'd wake up at like 6 a.m. for band practice. So, like, I was not getting enough sleep. I was not eating properly. I was not doing any self development. What was a podcast? Lauren in high school. (laughs) (laughs) like she didn't know what that was um she didn't journal she didn't read she didn't do any of those things um so I'm starting to kind of add all those things back um into my life now but yeah I uh, I like cringe thinking about it because like I wasn't taking care of myself and I thought I was because I was skinny you know and I just got so caught up in that so
0: Oh, you make such a good point. And right at the end where you said, you know, I thought I was taking care of myself because I was skinny. Yeah. So often we equate being healthy with someone looking slim, someone looking jack. And we always think, oh, well, they're doing this. They're doing that. I'm going to do that. So I look like that. But we when we do that, we neglect the fact that health is holistic, right? Yeah. You can work out. Sure. Get in the gym every day. But how are you sleeping? How is your digestion? How's your stress and anxiety? How, how are every, how's every other area of your life being affected without you tuning into those other areas? And we wonder why our approaches to health wonder why our quick fixes don't help long term. We're trying to build a puzzle with one piece. Maybe now you need six, yeah. seven, eight, ten 10 pieces. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I like that analogy a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. So again, that's what we do here at Revive all the time. Like, you know, it's holistic, right? If we're going to give you a workout plan, we're not just going to give you, here's some workouts, get in the gym. It's like, Hey, here's some foods for recovery. Here's how to start sleeping better for recovery. Here's how to deal with mental negative self-talk. So again, it's really bringing around that awareness to get away from that one-dimensional approach to health and start, give a little TLC to every area, right? Okay, so I know a lot of women, they deal with the anxiety and stress as well, which is an area of health and it really affects their sleep quality. So have you ever dealt with this? And if yes, how did you overcome it or how are you working with it now?
1: Definitely, definitely am a very stressed person. Anybody in my life will tell you that. Um, If my mom were here right now, she'd be like, yup, she's a stress bug. Um, I definitely was a lot worse in high school. And I think that stems from like all the bad habits that I just listed off. Um, But right now, um, yeah, I, I used to have like a really hard time sleeping. Now I introduce, you know, a little bit of less screen time before bed, which I think and for everyone can do and everyone is aware of, you know, if you're this close to your screen watching TikToks and then try to sleep, like you're not going to sleep. Um, but I also, um, there's a company that sent me like a vegan supplement and it is, um, I think it's Neon Wellness. I can, you could probably like link it after if you wanted to, but it's like a magnesium GABA powder and it's pineapple flavored. So I usually mix that um, with my water and my collagen and then um, like drink that before bed. And I find that like that helps just kind of like calm me down. Um, I also do have like a de-stress powder in my store um, and that kind of calms me down as well. It's not something that I use um, every day, but you know, it helps before like assignments, big midterms, days when I'm just feeling a little bit anxious and stressed um, the gym also helps a lot with my stress. Um, it literally vanishes when I'm working out and after my workout, like, I don't even know how to explain it. (laughs) Um, like the hour or two after a gym session, I'm like on cloud nine, like just bopping around, like feeling so good. Um, and I don't know if everyone is like that, but that's what works for me. Um, so I guess, exercise is a good way that I manage it um and then I start to feel it earlier in the podcast I was saying you know sometimes you get in that comparison spiral you lose your motivation your discipline um and then I didn't go to the gym for like a week you know that's when I kind of start to feel it creep up again and I'm like okay I need to hit legs like I need to have a good gym session and I wasn't always a gym rat growing up like I was playing sports so much um, and doing like other kind of exercises um but now that I'm older and actually going to the gym it's like therapeutic to leave the house, go do that, come back, and reset, especially when it comes to school as well. It's nice to have a change of scenery too.
0: Oh, definitely, definitely. And I want to touch on the movement thing or the working out thing that you just spoke about. And again, with those uh, feeling better with, uh, with your mental health and stress and anxiety as well. Uh, for someone who really thinks they needed to get in the gym to feel those feel-good hormones and that mood boost, I want to tell you, you don't have to go to the gym. Your body requires movement to release those hormones, dopamine, cortisol, um, as well as adrenaline to make you feel good. So if you don't like going to the gym and you want to deal with stress and anxiety, go move your body in a way that you like to move it. For me, I like doing nature walks. That is, ah, hits a sweet spot. Hits a sweet spot. Yeah. And after you do it, you feel refreshed. You feel alive. It's why, because your body was moving. Your body's designed for movement, but here in the Western world, what do we do? We sit, our cars, our desks. When we come home, we sit on the couch. So, dealing with the stress and anxiety, like you said, is really helpful to get moving. Moving is a fantastic way to deal with that. So, thank you for bringing that up.
1: Yeah, it's definitely been more like I don't know if romanticized is the right word, but people always like all my friends. they're no, it's like mental health walk, and I'm like, yes, mental health walk.
0: <laughs> yes, they like it. <laughs> so true, so true. And again, these are. Areas of our life that we're not really taught uh, improves our health, right? It's social media culture is quick fix diet, get in the gym, quick fix diet, get in the gym. So I want to ask you, what are some areas of health that you believe are essential to someone's well-being that is forgotten all the time or just not focused on enough? Uh,
1: Sleep, I think, is huge. Um, Hydration isn't really an area of health per se. Um, I guess I would fall into diet. But yeah, I think like hydration and sleep are the two that can be changed the easiest. Obviously, setting aside people that have like sleeping disorders, like insomnia or sleep apnea or stuff like that. um, Obviously, I can't really say um, because I don't have any experience with those things. But with the experiences that I've had, sleep is huge. Like I was miserable when I was in high school and being so up, like up so early for band and only getting like five or six hours, you know, I was miserable and I was groggy throughout the whole day. I couldn't focus. And it was the quick fix was, Oh, let me just get a coffee. You know, that'll fix everything. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then you just get the crash later. and It's just a very easy way to spiral. I think that's like a common theme that keeps coming up today is just, it's so easy to spiral and kind of like lose track of yourself. Um, so I think, establishing like a nighttime routine and making sure you're hitting you know seven hours at least um for me i know i i say i can't function if i have less than that but i'm like a zombie if i have less than that and it's just I feel like i'm sleepwalking through the day so and it's it's a waste of a day for me if i have like a really horrible sorry through on your end (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, if I have a horrible sleep and then I'm trying to you know make do the next day it definitely is not productive um not in a good mood and then my friends are probably pissed at me because I'm being moody and I'm tired and sleep deprived (laughs) Um, so yeah I think that sleep is a huge thing and then hydration too because it helps so much with the gut and if you have an upset gut you're going to be miserable too
0: Yes. And again, with the, the, the connection between the gut microbiome and sleep is huge. So if you're nurturing the gut, you're helping your sleep. If you're helping your sleep, you're nurturing the gut. And so often, you know, we're always looking for getting better quality things for sleep. Oh, I need pills. I need melatonin. I need this. I need that. I need to do this. Just go to go to bed earlier. Just go to bed earlier and just tell me how you feel the next day. It's just a matter of saying, I'm going to go to bed at you know, 11 p.m. today. I'm not going to go at 2 I'm going to go to bed at 11. Do it all week. And the next week you're going to say, oh my God, that was such a simple change yet. I feel so incredibly alive, rejuvenated. I'm digesting better. Um, Again, it's very simple things that we, again, put on the back burner, like you said.
1: Yeah. It's very easy to be like, I keep bringing it back to a student because that's the main thing that I'm experiencing in my life right now is being a student. Um, But it's so easy to, you know, I'm just going to stay up. I'm just going to grind through the assignment or I'm just going to stay up and study one hour more. In the grand scheme of things, like, it seems like in the moment, that's going to help you so much. But I'm in my fourth year, I'm going to tell you, it doesn't. (laughs) It doesn't. Because the next day, you're sleep deprived, you're not focusing in any of your classes. And if you have a test, the next day, you're cramming all night. It's just, it's not a good way to do it. Um, And I've learned that now but um yeah sleep is sleep is huge I, I would say that's the number one just to go back to your question from a few minutes
0: ago yeah and just start saying no set boundaries be mm-hmm. committed to yourself said you're going to prioritize sleep prioritize sleep and again be gentle with yourself through the process right
1: yes always 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 it's so easy to not be
0: yes well you know lauren i appreciate the amazing insights this conversation was so powerful today so thank you for coming on where can our listeners connect with you uh, if they want to So you have to show, keep in touch or anything like that.
1: Uh, Well, thank you again just for having me. It was so fun to just like talk. Uh, Definitely just feels like two friends chilling. It doesn't feel like a big, uh, big ordeal, but it was really fun. I've never done anything like this. So thank you for thinking to me and having me. Um, I guess the best way that people can get in contact with me is my Instagram. I'm on there probably every day. Uh, uh, I could probably link it, but it's Lauren's food and things. Um, super clever i know but uh yeah you can get in touch with me there i'll answer all my dms and everything so if anyone has questions about school life business what we talked about anything today um you can just message me there
0: i love it yeah i'll link it in the show notes for everybody below and then guys wherever you're listening to this go ahead click on over you can see lauren you can see her social she has great content check her out seriously Um, but lauren yes thank you again all right thank you so much for listening i'm so glad you stuck around to the end and i'm so grateful that you took the opportunity and your time to spend it here with me at the revive effect so if you like what you heard today please i ask that you share this podcast with somebody who needs to hear the information or even if you did like it please subscribe give us a like give us a comment even email us and tell us what you liked about the podcast we appreciate you so much for tuning in and if you like what you heard today again don't be afraid to visit our website Official, reviveofficial.ca to learn more and keep up with all the latest and greatest things that we are doing today. If you are someone who is feeling insecure, they're unhappy, unhealthy, and stuck in fear, I've created the Revive Effect and my company Revive in order to transform you into somebody who is the fitter, healthier, happier you, who is more confident than they've ever been in their entire lives and who's driven and hungry for growth every day and actually wakes up energized and happy. So give a look over to our website because that's where you're going to find all the latest and greatest information and tools and resources in order for you to attain that and make that vision of yours a reality. So I'm Matt Celestio. Thank you again for tuning in. We'll see you in a couple weeks here on the Revive Effect podcast.